And it's Ephesians chapter 1, starting to read at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seat, seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the second reading is Matthew chapter 6, starting to read at verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, well, it's um, school holidays. I guess everyone's missing the chance to have some tests and exams and that kind of thing. Um, So let's have... Should we have a quiz? Let's call it a quiz, because that sounds nice in the test, doesn't it? That sounds a bit more fun. Okay. um, uh, First question in our test is about astronomy. Um, Okay. Anyone know what theory... So, Nicolaus Copernicus um, was a a polymath, knew about all kinds of different areas of life. What theory is he most famous for? Um, Brilliant. Well done, James. Okay. So, before Copernicus came along... Um, almost everyone um, thought the universe worked like this. Uh, Noah, do you want to come up, come up and, and help us with it? James, you going to come and help? Matthew, um, Jesse, Jonas, you can, can you come up? Can you hold that for me? Can you hold it? No, don't need to spin it. We just need to hold it. Okay. So before Copernicus, the idea. Oh, you don't need to spin it, my love. Can you just hold it up nice and high so everyone can see it? Is that all right? 
Okay, uh, before Matthew, um, I've, I've got something else for you. Before Copernicus, um, this is how people thought the world worked. So there's um, a red uh, ball there, so that's red planet is Mars, isn't it? And I um, say so that's Jupiter and Venus. And, and I said Neptune at the uh, nine o'clock service. And well, um, the, uh, John Slade came up to me after the service and said Neptune hadn't been discovered in, in Copernicus's time. So. <laughs> That's the nine o'clock service. Uh, what all can we say? Okay, just hold that up nice and high. So the idea was, so guys, could you just rotate around around the Earth? Here? Um, um, Noah, Noah. Could, okay, sorry. Perhaps Matthew, Matthew, could you hold that for me? No. Oh, yeah. I'll help, help Noah hold it. There we go. Brilliant. So hold it nice and steady. So the so you see the planets and the the sun and and like everything else is just rotate. Noah, Noah, my love, can you stand nice and still for me, please? That'd be really helpful. Matthew, you're gonna help. Okay, Matthew, you can say that one. Okay, so everything is rotating around the Earth because the Earth is the centre of the universe. This is this is the centre of all that exists, and that makes sense because that's where we are. And uh, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we can see it, can't we? The sun rises in the east and sets in the west. And the nine o'clock service told me I got that the wrong way around as well. Um, uh, but, but it's kind of this, you can see it. It makes sense. Okay, brilliant, guys. That's really helpful. Just wait a moment. Um, what Copernicus did, uh, Matthew, you got that there? Hold, hold. Okay, no, my love. I'm going to sit with mummy for a minute, my love. Um, what Copernicus said was, no, that, that that's not how it works. Um, there is something else is at the centre of the solar system. The sun is at the centre of the solar system, and everything else, including the Earth. So Matthew, you're going to rotate. This is not to scale, by the way, and, and I'm not sure we've got the, the kind of path of the planets exactly right. Um, but, but everything rotates around the sun. The sun is at the centre. Brett, okay, um, that fantastic, guys. Do you want to go and sit down for a minute? We've got more to do in a moment. Matthew, we've got more to do in a moment, but let's put that down for a minute. Thank you. Um, I, mean, I really struggle to get my head around the brilliance of someone who can, who can look at the universe and, and, and in the face of everything that seems so obvious that the sun goes around the earth. Of course it's obvious the sun goes around the earth. And, and what everyone else had always thought and say, no, no, that, that's not how it works. Nicholas Copernicus, absolute genius. All right, um, second question. This is going to seem completely unrelated. It's not. I'll explain the connection in a moment. Here's a question. This is a, it's a rhetorical question, so you don't need to call it out. Um, but how would you answer this question? What matters most to God is... Fill in the blank. What matters most to God is... Have a think. Now, well, how, how, um, you, don't need, you don't need to just have a think to yourself. You don't need to, to, to say it out loud. No, just think to yourself. So, so how would you answer that question? Because I think we, we could say there are lots of things that do matter to God. We know are important. But what matters most? Is it love? Is it justice? Is it people being happy? Is it people being fulfilled? Is it care for the environment? Is it world mission? Is it personal evangelism? Is it discipleship? Is it holiness? All of those are, you know, we can find passages in the Bible that say all of those are really good things. Could we say that one of them is more important than another? What what kind of holds them all together? Is there something at the centre of of the universe that is more important than that kind of gives the the importance to, to everything else? And theologians throughout history have said, yes, there is. There is one thing that matters more to God than anything else. And the answer theologians have consistently come up with is what matters most to God is his own glory. What matters most to God is his own glory. If you've got the Lord's Prayer in front of you, 
Um, so it's on page uh, 970 in the Bibles, or if you can remember it. Have a look at it. And this, this isn't a rhetorical question. Now, chat to the person sitting next to you. If you were going to put a structure on it, if you were going to divide it in two, how would you divide it? Where would you, what, what, how would you split the Lord's Prayer in two? Ha, have a look at it. And, um, maybe chat with someone sitting next to you. Um, if you know the Lord's Prayer, have a think about it. How would you split it in two? So I probably should have had it on the screen, shouldn't I? But have a look at it. Anyone got any thoughts? Where would you split it? No, where would you, you want to say something? In Jesus. That is a very, very good answer. Um, you, James, why would you split it at verse 11? Brilliant. First half of the Lord's Prayer is about God. So, so remember I said slightly cheekily a couple of weeks ago, prayer is a shopping list. We're taking a shopping list of things to God that we are asking him to do. And the first half is all about what we want God to do for himself. We want his name to be hallowed. We want his kingdom to come. We're saying to God, um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But, and that comes first before we get to asking for things for ourselves. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Um, and, and I think I could make this point from pretty much anywhere in the Bible. Um, that, that God's glory is the priority. That is what comes first. Hallowed be your name. And uh, um, uh, why does God do, do things? Why does God do anything? Well, the, the answer of Ephesians 1 that um, Angela read to us so beautifully there is um, he does it to the praise of his glory. That refrain comes three times, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glorious grace. And, uh, and we, one way of thinking about it is saying, say, God is not a self-deprecating English gentleman. You know, he, he doesn't say, oh, the creation and the redemption of the world, it was just a trifle, don't mention it, it's, it's not a big deal. God does all things for the praise of his glorious grace. And, and we might be scratching our heads thinking, saying that, that doesn't feel right. I know people who make that everything about them. It's all about their glory. They're arrogant people. They live like they're the center of the universe. I, I don't like people like that. And of course we don't. Because they're out of touch with reality. They are not at the center of the universe. Who is at the center of the universe? The one who made it all. And so... Um, what, what is it, uh, as, as J.I. Packer, um, the, the theologian, um, uh, put it, uh, he said, um, if it is right for humans to have the glory of God as their goal, can it be wrong for God, sorry, can it be right for God to have any lesser goal? And, and here's, here's how I, I kind of want to think about it. Um, see, as human beings, we naturally assume that what is right at the heart, what is right at the centre of the universe, is me. Or at best, we might say us, other human beings. And uh, um, so I need, I need some help again, uh, guys, if you want to come back up. I've got some balloons here, um, more balloons. So, um, uh, oh, not that one. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, this one, okay. Uh, Jesse, you're going to take that one? That one says family on it. Uh, that one says career on it. Um, this one, uh, so, oh, I, I got confused and wrote on the same one twice. Uh, that one says finances and friends, but that'll do. James, you're going to take that one. Match your jumper. Ben, there. Oh, there's one here to match your jumper. Uh, that one says fun on it. Uh, Matthew, you could have the green one. That says happiness on it. 
that one uh, says health on it. Uh, so, James, you've got space to take two. Now, guys, could you just walk around, being very careful not to knock over any of the tech, or, or maybe Noah could take one. Um, could you just walk around the outside of the church for us? Because, see, what is, how, how does the universe work? Naturally, for most of us, we are at the center of the universe, and orbiting around me is everything else in my life. Uh, my friends, my fam, the friends I, I do or don't have, the health I do or don't have, the fun that I am or am not having, the money, the finances I do or don't have. It is all about me. That's how my life works. What does it mean to be a Christian? To be, keep going, guys, you're doing a brilliant job there. What does it mean to be a Christian? Um, sorry, I'm going to see if I can write on this without popping it. There we go. Um, that's really satisfying. It's really nice to ride on these balloons. There we go. Um, keep going. Keep going. You're doing brilliantly. You're doing um, brilliant orbiting there, guys. Um, what it means to be a Christian is to uh, say that at the centre of the universe is the living God, and everything else orbits around Him. So the health I do or don't have, and the friends I do and don't have, and the fun I am or am not having don't fit into my plans and, and goals and agenda. They fit into his plans. He is the one who is at the centre of reality. Guys, you are doing a brilliant job there. Um, uh, thank you very much. Okay, do you, want to, do you want to sit down for a minute now, guys? We'll come back to the balloons in a bit. Um, brilliant. Let's put, the balloons, let's put the balloons down. Maybe we can just find a pew for them somewhere. Thank you. All right, let's... Uh, um, so by nature... I am standing at the centre of my universe and I am saying, I am praying to God, if, I'm, if I believe in him at all, hallowed be my name. My kingdom come. I want God to fit in with my agenda and my plans. Noah, let's leave that there, my love. Um, well done. I'll be coming. Um, and if you are a Christian, it means that you have started to realise that God is at the centre of the universe, not you. And that, and that he fits, we fit into his plans, not the other way around. And if you are able to pray the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come and mean it, that is a wonderful sign that you really are a Christian. Isn't it? Isn't it? Because, because no one naturally prays like that. I think if it wasn't in the, in the Lord's Prayer, I can't imagine I would ever think to pray like this. But, but what it means to be a Christian, is uh, to be a child of my Heavenly Father, is to say that what I want is what he wants. What matters most in the universe is his glory. We've been thinking um, about uh, uh, how God's glory is the most important thing in the universe. So when we come to pray at any time, but when we, particularly when we come to pray the Lord's Prayer, we start with God. We start with Him right at the centre of the universe. God's, uh, and, and so and I, I will just say one reason why I wanted to stress that today is because when people ask, kind of, what, what do we stand for as a church? And what does Simon stand for? What is, what is his message? Why, I'm really nervous that part of going will be that people will say, oh, Simon stood for conservative sexual ethics. I want to say, what is at the heart of our, our theology as a church? It is the glory of the living God. And, and so um, we're thinking this morning about your kingdom come um, in the first half of that. Um, God's kingdom is the place where King Jesus is gladly obeyed and, and loved and trusted and that happens perfectly in heaven and it happens on earth wherever people put their trust in Jesus as God's king. And, and God is the one who builds that kingdom. Sometimes people pray, don't they? Um, Lord, help us to build your kingdom on earth. We don't do the building. It is God's kingdom that will come. He's the one who brings it. 
And I just want to bring out three implications of that very briefly this morning. The first thing is that as we pray your kingdom come, we are praying for God's king to be known. Let's move that on. There we are. Have we got a saying? There we go. We're praying... There we go. We're praying for God's king to be known. So what we said is that by nature, human beings naturally think we are at the centre of the universe. That's, that's kind of, how can I put this so you can see it? There we go. We are at the centre of the universe and everything else revolves around us. And if we believe in God, he, he needs to fit in with our plans and our ideals. Um, if we come to church, well, church needs to be about us and meeting my needs. My ministry needs to be uh, up in lights and everyone needs to recognise that and honour that. Um, the universe is about me, or at most it's about my family, my friends. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means to understand that, that everything else revolves around, around God. He's the one who is at the centre. So what are we praying? When we pray your kingdom come, we are praying for people to recognize that they are not at the center of the universe, to discover this wonderful, liberating truth, that we have this incredible dignity, privilege of, of what being what we were made for, of bringing glory to the God who made us. So, so when we pray your kingdom come, what are we praying? We're, we're praying ourselves, in a sense, we're praying ourselves into evangelism. We're invite, praying that, that people will be able to invite people to, to come and see reality, that the living God is at the centre of the universe and to find their place with him and to glorify him. We've got a, we've got a, actually got a, a guest service, God willing, coming up in um, September and um, Simeon's brother, Nate, who's a terrific speaker, is, is hopefully going to come and, and speak at, at that for us. Um, might be a, a really good event to, to invite friends to, or, or the Simply Christianity course we're hoping to run in September. Um, uh, we, we're praying ourselves into, into, uh, into people finding out that, that Jesus is God's King and coming to know Him. Secondly, we're praying for God's King to come. Let me get this one. Uh, where is it? Here we are. We're praying for God's King to come. Um, there we go. Because there is a sense in which God's King came 2,000 years ago. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. God's kingdom came with God's king. But there's a sense in which God's kingdom hasn't come yet. And we know that because we can turn on the news anytime, check, in, uh, check it on the, uh, the headlines, and what do we read? We read about wars. We read about disease. We read about heartbreaking suffering and conflict. Look around our lives, there are arguments, there are struggles, there are people falling out with one another. People are getting sick. People are, uh, we live in a world where God's kingdom has not yet come. So we are praying for God's king to, to come. Um, and so uh, uh, what are we um, praying? Uh, we are praying that the day will come when Jesus returns. And um, there we go. How about all right, that? My kingdom. So this is all my attempts to pray my kingdom come, my will be done, my name be hallowed. On the day when the Lord Jesus returns, what will happen to all of those dreams and ambitions, um, the things that I have um, set up for myself, let me get out my pen knife, um, they, will, they, will, they will disappear like a, a gust of wind. And so uh, if someone isn't a Christian, the Lord's Prayer is a very dangerous prayer to pray. If we're praying for Jesus to return, if someone's not trusting in Jesus on that day, where will there be to hide? Where will there be any place of safety? There's nowhere. 
But for those who do know and love the Lord Jesus, we are, we are longing for that day when everything sad comes untrue, as, as Tolkien puts it. We're praying for God's King to come uh, because we're praying for God's King to rule. And I think this is tricky because it sounds a bit abstract, doesn't it? It sounds a bit um, kind of airy-fairy to talk about God's kingdom. But what did it look like when um, Jesus was on earth? See, do you remember Belinda Carlisle? This is, this is not a very all-age reference, is it? I'm so sorry. Uh, Belinda Carlisle, um, ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. They say it, and Nicky is wincing. Um, uh, love comes first. Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. It's um, every, everyone with any musical note in their bodies is wincing. And Anne looks in. That, that is why I haven't joined the choir. Anne. I get that. Um, heaven is a place on earth. There was a time when heaven was a place on earth, when God's King was here. And what did it look like? It looked like looked like blind people being able to see again. It looked like deaf people being able to hear. Like sick people being healed. Like proud people being humbled. Lonely people being welcomed into a family. Those who were outcast uh, brought near. It was beautiful. Um, and, and all of that glorious goodness uh, was, was just made visible. I mean, extreme, out of control weather stilled. I mean, that's a topical one, isn't it? Stilled with just a word. And, and the day is coming when Jesus is coming back. And and all of that glorious goodness, the God's glory, the, the Bible uses kind of imagery of shining like the sun, blazing out, radiating out into a, a universe full of darkness. And we pray your kingdom come. We're praying for God's king to rule. Um, uh, and, and we're praying ourselves, um, praying ourselves in a sense into evangelism as we pray for, for God's king to be known. We're praying ourselves into holiness that we would be ready as we pray for God's king to come. Bring ourselves into joy as we pray for God's king to rule. It's, it's often been said, hasn't it? Joy is spelt J-O-Y. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. So true, isn't it? Joy comes when Jesus, the glorious one, is at the centre of the universe. So what matters most to God is his own glory. It's not, that's not arrogance. That is the opposite. That is, that is just reality. Because what happens when, when kind of heaven opens, when, when we see the glory of the living God made flesh, what comes down? It is love that rains down from heaven. Amen.